Hey, hey, everybody, episode number nine. So sorry it's been a few days. It's been a pretty chaotic and weird few days, but it's been a, it's been a good few days, too. I, I got a little bit of work done, and uh, uh, today I got to uh, hang out with a good friend of mine. Uh, kind of boosted me up a little bit, and everybody needs that from time to time. Everybody needs a little boost here and there, and sometimes it's the simplest things that give you that boost. I mean, I can be, I can personally be in the most bummer mood and I can see just the right person or something and it totally turns me around. I, uh, I actually, like when I'm really struggling with motivation and stuff, cause, cause I do struggle with motivation from time to time. I mean, I am only human, but, uh, when I'm going through something like that, I, I've got one person specifically for that. And uh, I don't even know if he actually knows that our little chats really motivate me and get me back into the go mode. But uh, my cousin Colby, <laughs> I, I can talk to that guy for 10 minutes about pretty much anything. And it just completely resets the way I'm self-motivated. And it, it's always really good for me to chat with him a little bit. Colby was actually a really good, uh, good one to have around him and his wife, Ashton. They, uh, they, they were just great while I was in the hospital. They, Ashton came in and she, she dictated or dictated. She, uh, advocated for me a lot. Um, when it came to talking to the different nurses and stuff, my cousin Colby actually would come in and read to me. And it was actually, it's something that I do, do remember. Um, he'd come in there and read some books and stuff to me and, and, uh, some really cool books, um, that he brought in there so it was it was pretty cool and then something else that they were doing for me while I was in there was music so I've, I've always said and you probably heard of me in the in the uh, past episodes here that music has always been a big thing in my life and uh, so they would play music in my room they had a boom box set up in my room and uh, sometimes the nurses or the CNAs would come in there and just play music on their phones uh, while they were in my room because my cousin, everybody told him music was a big thing to me. So I always had music going on and music, music was, uh, gosh, it just, it totally changed the, the mood of the environment and, and, it, and it really helped me. And for some reason, I remember waking up one time, one of the times that I woke up there, I, I just had this, this craving, this heavy craving for Credence Clearwater Revival. And uh, somehow I got that message out to my cousin Colby and he, he made me a Credence CD. And they'd play it, they just throw it on repeat and play it in that boombox all day. And uh, it, it was cool, it was really cool. But the music thing, it, it was something that they really took serious for me. And that's one thing I always appreciate about, about everybody. As a matter of fact, it wasn't just uh, Penrose, Maine down there that first facility it was all of them had some kind of music uh support for me and it was it was just really really cool and and uh to be able to experience that and actually have everybody that's around there know how much music means to me penrose had a uh had a little group that came in they they were like a worship group they would come in and they would sing uh in my room there's like four or five of them they would come in there and sing like once a week and it was it was just amazing you know and then i had one of the nurses that was in there she was a singer 
as well so she would come in and sing for me too and and uh just just an absolute beautiful voice and just just really uplifting like i said music is is one of the things that i i feel like has saved my life uh multiple times so so yeah it was it was pretty cool but yeah colby <laughs> colby my motivator and then and then that friend of mine that i've seen tonight that that was really good for me it's always good to to make a connection with somebody and and just kind of become you again you know redevelop who you are and how you present yourself to people and it's always nice to be around people that expect the real you and and that accept the real you you know so that's always been a always been a big deal and i i got that this evening it was really nice but no episode nine i uh episode eight i told everybody a little bit about the phantom movement so I, I get into that a lot because it's 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 something that's really real and it kind of plays in to some of the effects on some further dreams that I had. Now I've gotten a few emails and I got got actually a handful of messages from people over the last few days asking about more dreams. They were talking, we want to hear some more about the dreams, you know. And honestly, I kind of gave you the quick run through on the dreams in that in that like episode and a half there, because I I, I wasn't real sure how everybody was gonna take the dreams. So when I talk about these dreams, when I just sit and think about the dreams that I had, I myself sit and think, man, was I on drugs or something? I mean, it, it was. Some of them are just it's out there, and and and. Uh, just just really out there some of them were just crazy dreams but but the phantom movement and, the, and what i'm talking about as far as how it ties into some of the other dreams so something you know like the phantom movements that i was talking about was i would be laying there and it would feel like i started moving a part of my body when in reality i wasn't moving anything i was completely still but it would feel like I was moving and uh and it, it, it really got me and it, it it would get me excited and then once i realized that yeah that's not moving man it, it would kind of bust me down you know and and that's just that that was how it was going but something that that i noticed about this so while while being paralyzed something that started happening in the dreams was relative dreaming is what i kind of call it I, i'm sure there's a scientific name for it but and what i mean by that was just like the feel like i'm moving but i'm not okay in these dreams it started relating to the fact of me not moving so the dreams they, they'd be different all the time they there is but there was actually one that uh that that really stood out in my mind and it was it was kind of funny actually so a good friend of mine his daughter in real life outside of the dream here in real life uh she was going to college in laramie wyoming the university of wyoming and in my dream she was going to college at the university of wyoming but her and her dad and some other students from the college had played a role in the uh the development of weighted 
blankets. So they had a product that they had invented as a team that had to do with the weighted blankets and they had another one it was it was weighted pillows so i'm dreaming about this and I, i've got this dream and that buddy of mine he shows up in my room and one of the nurses brings him into my room and he says shane you know we're down here in colorado springs promoting this product that the girls came up with and uh instead of wasting money on a motel room we were just gonna crash out with you in your hospital room and i was like excited heck yeah you know bring bring everybody up let's let's uh let's visit you know and well what ends up happening is they come into my room and they're in there visiting and they're showing me their weighted blankets and their weighted pillows and they set them on top of me and and they somehow pushed a button and that's what so they were completely light until they pushed this button and they instantly grew weight i have no idea how that happened but some scientist out there will listen to this podcast and will and will develop something for that i'm I'm sure but but no so they they ended up setting these blankets and pillows on top of me and they pushed the button well, everybody, it was all comfortable and everything. I didn't really notice anything wrong with it. Well, everybody went to sleep. So everybody's like sleeping on the floor and sleeping in the chair and stuff around my bed. Well, I get up, I wake up in, in the dream. I wake up, everybody was sleeping in the dream. I wake up and I can't move because the blanket and pillow ended up so heavy that I couldn't move. I wasn't strong enough to move it. So I was stuck. I was stuck underneath it, not able to move. And that was that was a dream I had. And then and then another one that was kind of real similar to it was my kids at the time. So I, I started having these dreams about my kids finally. And I, I'd went a long time, like I said before, having dreams that were kind of more isolated on myself. Well, I started having these dreams that had my kids in it and I was at this I had my my boys my twin boys um at that time they would have been right around oh eight seven seven years old or so and uh I had them with me and and you know how it is when you're when you're sleeping and your kids are cuddled up with you or something and and they're they're all over the bed and they're uh, sheet hogs and blanket hogs and and whatnot well in this particular dream it's me and my boys and we're we're laying there we we're staying at somebody's house and it was kind of funny because the guy that owned the house was actually one of the nurses at the hospital there but we're staying at his house there and we we get down stairs and he shows us the guest bedroom and stuff and me and my boys we're we're sleeping and my boys start tossing and turning and they end up on top of me but they were big boys at the time, apparently, because I couldn't move again. So that was that was another why I couldn't move dream. And then and then something else I, I had mentioned in the past episodes about how the pain that came with this paralysis and, and the fact that my my sensory nerves were still working very well. And, and I think I described it as I felt like I was being burned like my whole body like 
people would come in and they, they almost couldn't even touch me. They would draw tears just having them touch me. Just contact with my skin was enough to make me tear up. It, it was awful. So in one of these weird dreams, we had these cats and they were like way larger than normal cats. And for some reason, I, I would be laying in bed and if I just slightly moved, I would get attacked by these dang cats and, and the cat scratches is what was actually burning my skin. It was, so I call it, I call it like relative dreaming. It's, it's, it's weird stuff. Like I, I had a lot of weird dreams like that. And then, as I said before, I had the dream that where my uncle that had passed away, he was kind of, uh, kind of, kind of giving me that, 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 uh, that mental jump start, you know, and, and really, really pushing me to, uh, try, you know, cause I, I'd fallen into this depression and all of my try was gone. I, di I didn't want anything to do with it. As a matter of fact, I was at the point where I just wanted to, wanted to quit. I wanted them to shut all them machines off. Whatever happened would happen. That's kind of the, kind of the point I was at. Well, my uncle George had given me that pep talk and, and that motivating experience in one of my dreams. Well, another one that had popped up was I at this time was still fighting that fever really bad, really bad fever. And I had a dream that I was, I was in a cabin in this logging village somewhere. My dad was a logger. But the cabin that I was in, my grandma Sharon, my dad's mom, was in this house and she was taking care of me and helping me try to break this fever and stuff. So she was in there really, really working to get this fever broke. And that was that was a really interesting dream when I had that dream about it because throughout the whole dream, she was showing me different like home remedies and stuff to break this fever and get this fever under control. And it was just a, just a really, really, really detailed dream. It was when I, when I think back to it, like I can remember every, every part of this dream, but I can remember everything down to the, the village, the layout of the little village. It was on a river. There was a little, a little uh, like cove that came up into the village and they would fo float logs down the river there's a big sawmill and stuff there and my like I said my dad was a logger there and uh it was it was uh just a real detailed dream and like I said my grandma she was doctoring on me trying to get this fever broke and stuff and as a matter of fact it was when I came out of that dream my fever went away so when I came out of that dream and they'd woke me up again and I was kind of coming to and whatnot, I, I clearly remember as soon as I came through, the, uh, the nurse was giving the doctor like an update. The doctor came in there and he gave him, she was giving him an update and I was listening to her talk and she was talking about how my fever had finally broke. So it was, it was a really, really uh crazy crazy experience with that dream that was just like the one with my uncle george but this one with my grandmother standing there and helping me break this fever and when i wake up i find out that my fever is broke it's just it's just something to really 
really think about it, I guess. It's it's uh it's crazy how the human mind works. The power of the mind is just crazy. I mean if you think about stuff hard enough, you can you can make things happen just by thinking about it, right? I, I feel like that's pretty legit and and uh, so that that was the kind of stuff that I was having dreams about. And I had I had some really weird dreams uh um that kind of took me home but they uh they were they were dreams that took place at at home back in Wyoming where I was from and and with some of the people and some of the friends and stuff and it, it was really like these mental these mental boosts that I was getting because I would see certain friends in these dreams and they would they would really motivate me my my cousin Courtney and uh, her sister my cousin Sierra they uh they're both in the medical field themselves but I had a dream that, and they were in it at one point in time, and they, they had a purpose for that dream. They were, they were pushing on me for uh, just certain ways that I that I would focus on trying to move and stuff. And but it was it was another weird deal. The scenario was in that situation. I was back in another cabin out on this farm, and it was it was weird. And the crazy part about <laughs> the crazy part about that was. Uh, that uh the rock version of this is halloween the uh nightmare before christmas song it was there's a rock like a heavy metal version of that that for some reason played throughout that whole dream i don't i don't know what it was all about but but just just crazy weird stuff like that and i i swear i swear to all of you guys i am not on drugs it was just uh just just crazy weird weird dreams there was obviously certain things in my head that that struck that stuff up but but yeah the the dreams were crazy the dreams were really crazy and that that relative dreaming that i'm talking about it was just it was really weird i i really feel like when you're you're in a comatose state that the surrounding the environment around you absorbs into you your body absorbs everything around you and and i and i feel like that's that's a legit thing like it your body it's it's well like the friend that friend of mine and i were talking tonight uh it's like your body is in this gray zone this this like neutral zone it's it's not dead but it's not completely alive you're you're kind of in the middle of of the two and but your mind your brain is still 100 percent just going so anything said or anything done inside your environment while you're in that state i feel like your body absorbs it it was just it was really crazy but yet fascinating to me that i could have certain dreams about certain things and then when i would wake up out of this I, I would find out that what I was dreaming about was real similar to what was happening out in the, out in the real world. But that's that's where I was still at. I was still having these crazy dreams and and whatnot. And I and but like I said, I mean this is this is a point in the in the process. You know, I'm at this point. I'm a couple months in, a few months in, and uh, in and out, in and out, in and out, and. I still hadn't been making really any gains or anything, but there was a point in time there at this particular time 
where where my kids I, I didn't get to see Lyric. Lyric was still in Wyoming at the time, I believe. But uh, my other three kids, my older three kids, my twins and my daughter, they they finally got to come down. My my ex-wife brought them down. Well, my dad had made a trip back to Wyoming to get them and brought them down so they could see me. And it was it was uh. It was a point in time where I think they were trying to do about everything they could to boost my spirits because it was it was probably showing up real apparent to everybody that I was in this depression. So they brought my kids down and it was it was a uh, it was a very tear jerking experience. Because, like I said, music music is a big part of my life. And one of my boys came into that hospital room and stood beside my bed and started singing to me. Okay, now like I said, he's only like seven years old at the time. So, I, I was suddenly reminded that no matter how bad I was and how how completely hindered my physical condition was I could still cry very well I, I I lost it I lost it at that point my my kids seeing my kids was a huge deal to me one thing that my my daughter you know she was she was pretty young at the time she was she was four years old something like that yeah, four. Um, she uh, she was a little standoffish there with that whole deal. I don't think she quite knew how to take me being in that position. She'd never seen me like that before. And my daughter and I are really close. Right off the bat, right when my daughter was born, uh, her mom went through some really bad postpartum depression and whatnot and her mom had some relatives that had uh passed away right there and uh, her her grandpa had passed away right there so and then and then we were kind of going through this split up makeup scenario when we had her so there was there was a lot going on there but me and my me and my daughter ended up i ended up with my daughter uh for quite a while there by myself so I was single dad in it and I was trying to go to work and and uh, my daughter my boys were a little older so they were a little more independent it was a little easier for her to manage that and uh, but my daughter you know she was a newborn at the time and and uh, I knew that my ex she needed needed that that break I guess with her mental situation that she had going on there so I was I was working and and I had a good a good aunt of mine. She was babysitting for me a little bit while I go to work and we made it work. But it really got my daughter and I to a very close level. We were we were always really close. So when she came into that hospital and she seen me in that position and I was hooked up to the machines and I couldn't talk or say anything to any of them. All I could literally do was sit there and stare with my eyes and blink at them and and uh, whatnot. And it, I think it really threw her off. I think it 
I think it was really hard on my daughter. Probably, probably the most hard on her to see me in that situation. My boys, you know, they came in real supportive and kind of had an idea of what was going on. They were really excited because apparently the doctor had talked to them guys, and uh, and he told them that one thing that that to watch for with me if I started to get any better was when my thumbs started moving that meant uh, that was a good sign that I was going to start to get better when my thumbs started to move so it was kind of interesting after that because when they had left and they were gone they my dad would come in to see me and he would call my ex and my and my kids would get to talk to me on the phone. Obviously, I couldn't talk back, but he would throw it on speakerphone, and my kids would talk to me. And that was always the first thing my boys would say when they would get on the phone. I'd be listening to them, and they'd be like, "Dad, are your are your thumbs moving yet?" And they were just they were excited about it. As a matter of fact, it was the same question every day for months asking me if my thumbs were starting to move yet so it it was a big big deal to them and i think it was a real a real uh i think it was a real good thing for them to kind of get connected with the situation like that because they were young but the way it was put to them it was almost like they kind of had an understanding of what was going on so it was it was actually really cool but I had, a, I had a lot of different visitors coming in uh, throughout the time. A good buddy of mine that I went to school with and graduated with, and I used to play a lot of music with. He was a drummer, and uh, we'd spend hours upon hours jamming out in his dad's garage in Osage, Wyoming, where we don't have a whole lot of law enforcement lingering around, so we'd play as loud as we want in that garage all night. And uh, that was my buddy Cole. And... Uh, Colt, it was pretty awesome because Colt, Colt always meant a lot to me and it was a lot of it was the music connection that we had and stuff and just all out a, a really good friend to have. So it was kind of cool because when I ended up in the hospital, I was in Colorado Springs in Canyon City, just down the road is where they happened to have been living at the time. He was working at one of the detention centers there and uh, with the penitentiary and uh so they weren't very far away and it was kind of cool because him and his wife would come to my room and uh, bring their kids and having the kids around was just really uplifting for me as bad as the depression and stuff was at this time the kids would come in and they would decorate my room and even though i couldn't talk to them or joke around or laugh or anything it was just really uplifting to have have that type of people in there you know the kids and really good friends of mine and it, it was really cool but the kids always they would always show up and they'd have different pictures and stuff they made for me and they would decorate my room or if a holiday came around they would decorate my room easter i remember they decorated my room like easter it was it was really cool and uh saint patrick's day i remember they had done something for saint patrick's day i believe but it was actually cool too because they brought a book Someone, somebody had a book there and uh, I can't remember who supplied the book but there was a book there it was almost like a journal that when people would come in to visit me they could write in this journal and kind of tell you know their experience about 
visiting me or maybe they'd just share a short story about what was going on in their life at the time and it was kind of neat because I still have that book and there's pages in that book where the kids had wrote in there stuff for me so it was really really cool to to get that experience but it was it was really cool to to be able to start having people in there and I, and that was when they had moved me out of the official ICU and had moved me up a floor to to uh, the uh, respiratory intensive care unit so I was still on the ventilator and stuff and it was something that that was still a big deal was the fact that my respiratory system was still failed I was on the ventilator and I continuously over and over that lung on the left side kept collapsing so it was a big deal it seemed like for a long time there I always had chest tubes in so it was it was a big deal and uh, so it was something they had to pay attention to it was every day taking chest x-rays just to keep an eye on that stuff and uh, like I said the chest tubes and everything in there and it was they'd they'd have to wheel me down to x-ray a lot of times Uh, that floor at the time I don't know why but that floor didn't have a portable x-ray unit so it was every day I they'd unlock my bed and wheel me down to x-ray and we'd have get a picture of stuff just to see what what was going on with me so so I was still in pretty bad shape overall at this time I like I say I couldn't move anything yet as I was kind of slightly moving my head back and forth but uh yeah my respiratory failure wasn't wasn't breathing on my own i was having trouble with collapsed lungs and stuff and we'll get into the next stage in the next episode because we are running out of time yet again so i will see you guys in episode number 10 y'all enjoy your evening god bless i will talk to you in the next episode